Hello listeners, this is Peyton Guthrie, one of the hosts of Through the Keyhole, an Oklahoma football podcast. Just as a reminder, we're wanting to do a mailbag episode to wrap up 2023, so send in any and all of your questions to keyholesports at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Through the Keyhole is fueled by Vanessa House Beer Company, located in Automobile Alley, at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City. Stop by the tap room and try the legendary 401k lager or the refreshing destination wedding cerveza with salt and lime. Vanessa House is always brewing something fun like the Pog Hard Seltzer or their sweet and tasty sours. Great beers for a hot Oklahoma summer as we march towards football season. Stop by the Vanessa House tap room at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City for good drinks and family-friendly good times. Kids and pets are welcome. Yes, I mentioned kids and pets in the same sentence. Vanessa House Beer Company, the best beer in Oklahoma City. Please drink responsibly. Welcome to Through the Keyhole, an Oklahoma football podcast. I am one of your hosts, Peyton Guthrie. Uh, this is a Patreon podcast, as you know, because you're listening to it on the Patreon app. Uh, but we're going to be breaking down how Argentina is globalizing its uh, economy in the peso, dollarization, and what that means for future markets as nation states are pulling out of the global markets. Uh, complete another lie. We'll be talking about the Alamo Bowl with Rob Bauer and over at uh, a Sharp College Football a uh, very smart man, so he could probably get us some dollarization uh, hot takes. Uh, but we're going <laughs> to so use this. My, my graduate work was in economics, um, hey, and I go. did actually <laughs> did actually visit Argentina and did participate in some black market exchange, so that I uh, so that I wouldn't get ripped off at the official exchange rate. There you go. There you go. But instead, we're going to be using that beautiful, wonderful brain knowledge to talk about college football, <laughs> Rob. Uh, Thanks for being on, man. How's it going uh, during this holiday season for you? It's been good. I mean, it's um, it's a bit of a crazy year in college football, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. I talked about it a little bit in like previewing the season that there was no one that really projected or potentially stood out as like a, a, a juggernaut in college football, you know, coming into this year. Um, and that's held, right? I mean, like the, you know, Georgia took a step back from where they were have been the last two seasons. Um, you know, Alabama's taking a step back and like it's kind of left us with you know an interesting situation and it's not it you know this is uh this this has happened before i mean where the team that ends up ranked number one overall in beta rank is not the national champion um but it's a little different this year and that like the teams that made the playoff are like outside like the the highest ranked team to make the playoff is actually michigan at number four in beta rank um that's somewhat unusual right but like it, because these teams are um so much closer to the competition right like the matchups really matter like so i mean that makes it sort of really interesting right like um georgia definitely profiles as a better team than alabama likely would be you know a favorite over michigan if vegas was setting the line um but michigan i mean but alabama was a really bad matchup for georgia you know and that played out um so it should be fun i mean like this playoff is going to be like uh this playoff will be really interesting because like i don't think 
I don't think anyone is so far ahead or so far behind of any of the teams in the playoff or the competition that like, um, you know, we should get both good semifinals as well as like a good title game as far as like competitiveness go, which is not always the case. So I've been writing your, uh, your Michigan uh, breakdown in the preseason uh, all the way to saying they'd be in the playoff and the number one seed in the playoff uh, saying basically how offenses have kind of come down uh, yep. allowing Michigan to play Michigan football. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it has worked out so far uh, for me, um, you know, of the, of the, uh, you know, of the field, I have a sneaking suspicion that Penix gets healthy and Washington walks out of this national championship. <laughs> uh, that's, if, an if that's an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I think, I don't know, whoever gets out of the Texas Washington game, I think they have the ability to maybe make Michigan chase them. Yeah. Penix is healthy, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, but we're talking about Oklahoma. We're talking about Arizona. Oklahoma this year finishes at eighth overall in your power rating from the uh, Shark College football. Last year, I believe, was 42nd. I believe you had them as a projected record based on their power rating of 12-0. Did not quite get there, 10-2. <laughs> uh, but what was something that the that the model spits out that shows that from a year-to-year -year difference that really changed for Oklahoma this year? Yeah, so we had them projected in, in, the, in the 40s. They finished at 28 last season coming in, but they had not... Um, but they weren't returning a ton, as I recall, as part of what like drove their projection down a little bit. Um, but like the main thing that improved for them, um, well, I mean, I sh we should say like they improved mostly across the board. I mean, like in the offense went from 26 overall to number five. Um, that's a significant jump under Levy. Um, and he, I mean, and, and truthfully, like he had, he and Dylan Gabriel had pretty good years yeah. um, out there. I, the defense also significantly improved. They were at 42 overall last season in beta rank. That's the wrong side of the middle of the road for a power five defense up to number 16 overall. I mean, you have to feel good. I mean, it doesn't always work out like um, a lot of coaches, a lot of coaches get hired like, oh, we, you know, we know the, we're going to hire, um, you know, the offensive guy as the head coach and we figure he'll get the offense right. Like, and, or we're going to hire, you know, the defensive guy as the head coach and he'll get the defense. Right. And like the, the case that jumps into my mind of late is like Manny Diaz, like Manny Diaz, when he was the Miami head coach did not have good defenses at Miami. Yeah. He's a really good DC though. Um, but with Venables, like you did, you, I really did expect the defense to turn it around. That was a significant improvement. The special teams got better. They were at 69 overall last season in beta rank, which is uh, nice, but it's not good. Um, and they they got all the way up to 43, but there's still room for the improvement there. Most of your special team ranks co rank comes from place kicking. Um, so, you know, because college, it's not the NFL where you mm -hmm. most every team has a really good kicker. Um, college kickers can, as everyone knows, can be a little more, there's a little more variance in there. So having a really good kicker makes a big difference. Oklahoma could certainly improve uh, there. But I mean, really across the board, the team got significantly better. I'm, I mean, I'm interested to see, you know, what Oklahoma looks like in the bowl game with the changes that have really come across, you know, uh, as well for them. I think the... Um, you know, the fact that they have, we are going to have a new play caller in for the bowl game, Yep. new quarterback. I mean, but part of this is why, I mean, I think I'm the only one that does this. Um, Non-playoff bowl games count like at 10% of like <laughs> yes, the last yeah. games of the regular season yeah. in college. Like, I mean, in the, like I really heavily instituted this 
on that um that year that COVID just like wrecked the bowl season, like LSU was playing Kansas state. And I think LSU had something, I think they dressed something like 40 guys for that game. Um, mm -hmm. Like they barely had enough guys to field the team. Um, and Kansas state unsurprisingly just whomped them. Um, and I had K state much lower than other people at the end of the year, because I looked at that and I was like, this is not good data. <laughs> and with all the opt outs and the fact that you have coaches changing, you know, um, I feel like coaches are changing teams more often um, in the period before bowl games um, and they're not staying on to coach the bowl games anymore. Um, so with opt-outs and transfers and you name it now, I just feel like the, the data has gotten a little iffy. Um, it doesn't, I mean, it makes it really interesting. I mean, projecting the bulls is, is, is somewhat more difficult than it used to be. Um, but this, this is a, I mean, like, Oklahoma has definitely has more of the staff. I mean, Arizona doesn't have any staff changes. Oklahoma has some, um, and they definitely have more, uh, you know, Gabriel transferring, mm -hmm. um, you know, and Jackson Arnold now in QB. I mean, I, the only guy that's opted out for Arizona is, I mean, he's a big one. I mean, he's a, he's a potential first round pick and, uh, you know, left tackle Jordan Morgan. Um, but you know, other than that staff's intact team is largely intact coming into the game. Um, so it should be, should be a good matchup. I think I mean, I'm excited to see what it looks like. And I, and I recall, I mean, I was an Arizona fan back when Seth Luttrell was the OC at Arizona. And that was a preview of the Patreon episode of Rob Bowron breaking down the Oklahoma Sooners versus the Arizona Wildcats in the upcoming Alamo bowl. If you'd like to hear the rest of it, or are interested in joining uh, this motley crew that we have over on through the keyhole, feel free to join us over on patreon.com slash through the keyhole. Boomer!